Play the fucking intro. Dustin and this is Eric and this is SLC Punkcast. Thank you for joining us for episode 288. Another one. 288. We are so close to hitting the 290 and also just hitting the big 300. 300. That's like what three months away. So yeah, like the end of January. (laughs) Yep. New year, new. uh, uh, Well, not exactly a score. I guess a century. Uh, a yes. century of episodes. Three centuries of episodes. Indeed. If we were doing one a year, but I guess uh, we would be living forever. Yeah, wouldn't that be? <laughs> well, I don't even think that would be nice. <laughs> That's probably true. Uh, just we'll, get so old and withered until you're just a walking corpse. It's like that It's like that show, uh, that movie, Death Becomes Her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just the end. Just the end, the two uh, the two ladies, they're just basically constantly going to the hardware store to uh, keep their lips intact and fall down <laughs> some stairs and they break apart. <laughs> That's what it's going to be like to be immortal. Right. Theme's great for Halloween, and I hope everybody had a great Halloween, as was just this past week. As it's so close, I mean, as custom is in Utah, the weekend that follows Halloween is the final weekend for Haunted Houses, and the episode that follows Halloween, we still play Halloween-themed music. Yes, we do. We do do a little overtime, because maybe we're still feeling a bit festive, (laughs) or maybe we didn't feel much festive in the uh, beginning of the month, so it's like, okay, we gotta make up for that. (laughs) Well, we are festive, and we are gonna get into this episode, uh, a lot of new stuff. Interviews are coming, not on this episode, but on the next one. And we will have some lined up. So if you like the interviews, stay tuned. Uh, Up now, the new stuff will start on October 23rd. You can go check out Terminal Heads, who released the Duncan Norbert Memorial album on Dammit Records. On the 24th, it's it's, uh, it's Tukas over Disneyland. They released an album... Uh, and I'm not sure how to say it in Indonesian. It's really long, but it looks like it probably translates to if money is a disease, passion is the cure, and that's on Rusty Knife Records. On October 27th, Four Years Strong released Enemy of the World, but it's a re-recorded version of it. If you're familiar with that band, you probably would have known. You would have been like, hey, uh, they've already released that. Well, it's a re-recorded version of it. Uh, Then we're going to go to October 27th, some Halloween-themed songs that we didn't get around to because they came out so late in the month. Come on. Mm. People, just like we start early in the month, got to get those those songs out. I guess if you're just releasing this so people can listen to it, great. October 27th, Grave Danger, they released Wake the Dead, which is a single. Jerry Only's album came out. I haven't heard any of it yet, but it's anti-hero. I don't know if you have. On the 28th? Well, that's something we'll probably both get around to listening to. Probably. The Outsiders is supposed to have a release. That's the the Swedish Ramones uh, on the 28th. Hammered Holes released Careening on Discord Records on the 28th. Bitch Queens released Party Hardly, which is an EP. (laughs) Wiretap Records compilation, the Best 20 compilation, that is, came out on the 28th. 
Uh, Show Me the Body release Trouble the Water on the 28th. Wargraves released Get Wrecked on the 28th. Hard Wax released Don't Stop the Beat on the 28th. The Crooks released Media Media Chrissy on Pro Rock Records on the 28th. Uh, a few more on the 28th are Charlie Bit My Finger releasing Back and Forth on Thousand Oak Records. Invasives releasing Feel Good, Live Forever on Kinda Cool Records. The Roadblocks released a single, Welcome to Paradise. We'll talk more about that here in a minute. The One Too Many's released The Big Score, which is the big debut LP. Yep. We'll talk more about that here in a minute. Oh, yes, we will. Quite a bit. Half Past Two released Magic Dance, a single, which is a David Bowie cover from the movie Labyrinth. I really wanted to like it because I really like David Bowie, and I really like that movie. See, Magic Dance, as in (laughs) Dance Magic Dance? Yes. (laughs) Yes, that indeed. I did not like the cover as much as I was hoping I would. Still all right. If you like it and you want to hear a ska version of it, you should check it out. It was like how uh, last year, yeah, I believe it was last year or two years ago, I was... Uh, going through a compilation of Halloween punk songs, and they were doing one of like all the songs from Rocky Horror Picture Show, and I was like, "Oh, let's hear how the seminal Time Warp song goes," and I was extremely disappointed because the band just sounded so half-assed, like they were just doing this to complete a chore. <laughs> it was like, "Let's do the Time Warp again," I'm like, dude. That is so lame. <laughs> Get into it. So, yeah, it ha- that happens. Sometimes the original's better. <laughs> right. Most of the time, the original's better. True. Forced to Suffer, they released Absolute Solace on the 28th. On the Job released a new single called Tip the Scale. The Hellbound Hitman on the 31st released Red Rum. A standard Issue put out a new EP called Can We Be Free? Then on, that was on the 1st. Also on the 1st, Ran released... A Trabalar on Pasadaric Pat's Records. Then coming up this weekend, there's a several. I didn't get around to updating my list, but a few that are coming out on the 4th uh, are Sick Waiting, A Fine Hill to Die On on P Records, Sunliner releasing self-titled Sunliner on Lockjaw Records, Dr. Explosion releasing Superioridad Morale on Slovenly Records, and Acronym Rambo releasing uh, Defy Extinction. And then finally on the 11th, we'll be getting City Saints, Punk and Roll, Double LP. I'm looking forward to that one. A Vulture Wake, One Dot Kingdom Dot Animal. I don't know what the dots are there for, but that's an EP from A Vulture Wake. I think it's to build the intensity. It's like One Kingdom Animal. (laughs) There you go. It's a one period instead of dot. Oh, is that that fly? There's a fly in there. Oh, it's not a fly. It's uh, a skeeter. Oh, fucking mosquito. It's a mosquito. We're getting a lot of snow, so if that goes outside, that thing will die. Good. <laughs> fucking parasite you. Uh, a couple more. Rejection Pact are releasing Can We Wait? Action Adventures releasing Imposter Syndrome. Einhorn Kriegers releasing Ten Hirai Harari. One scene, Punk Rebellion, or Punk Rock Rebellion on Lake Town Records. Something about 10 years and Punk Rock Rebellion is what it translates to. They're German. And finally, the two-minute minor four-way Chicago split called Hold the Ketchups. Release date is also the 11th. That's all I've got. A lot of cool stuff to look forward to. Eric, what do you have to add to the list? Let's see. i got a few things here. Just a reminder of the uh, single War Castles that came out on the 21st by Blood Clot. 
And on the 27th, the single Relic of Damnation from Spirit World. And I'm excited. Come the 25th, Death Western will be coming out by those guys. Yes. And I am excited just by the singles that I've heard. It sounds like... They've been releasing videos, like too. Them. Yeah, I've been seeing the videos. that They are just, uh, just there in all their fucking bedazzled cowboy glory, just <laughs> singing songs that are just on par with the likes of Converge. It's so crazy. I love it. And, and yes, the one too manys. Oh, my favorite guys. They are, they're a big. The big score. It's a, it's a great album. <laughs> but we'll talk about that later. Uh, excuse me. And yeah, the twenty eighth was kind of a busy release day. Not only the one too manys. Not only show me the body, but forced to suffer released. Absolute solace. That EP and I gave that a listen. I'm like, okay. It's, a, it's pretty damn decent. I'll have to give it a few more listens to really, uh, to really just sort of settle into it and pick a favorite song from there because I do want to give some uh, more attention to them because this was sort of a surprise release, at least to myself. <laughs> so I'm excited awesome. to be talking about that in due time, my friends, in due time. And finally, on the 11th, Can We Wait by Rejection Pact. And the answer... Rejection Pact is, no, no, I cannot <laughs> wait any longer. Can it just be, you know, next week already? <laughs> okay, I mean, I did hear the single coming from it, and it's great. It's them and all of their hardcore punk glory, and I'm just like, okay, this is good, but, you know, more please. <laughs> what are you waiting on? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, maybe it's just a, yeah, 11, 11, 22, hardy har. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Yeah. What a good release date. Yeah, because 11 plus 11 is 22. I get it. I get it. You just want to have, like, that release day just sort of engraved in people's heads, I guess. But, I, but yeah, Slayer did kind of do the same thing back in 06. Like, their album Christ Illusion was scheduled to come out June 6th of 2006. 666. 666. Yes. Yeah. But, unfortunately, uh, this is a, kind of a weird uh, little trivia thing. Uh, Tom Araya was getting back surgery done, and after he got back surgery, he was uh, uh, he was not allowed by doctor's orders to fly on any plane. So he was unable to fly to the studio in another state to record his vocal tracks. So they had to delay the album release. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, damn, missed opportunity, <laughs> missed opportunity of the last good Slayer album, but. <laughs> I'm going to get off track before I even know it. Let's uh, get back to uh, punk rock. Let's talk about the <laughs> One Too Many's album. Let's do. Let's talk about some new music and play some. Yeah, let's do that. The One Too Many's, they, uh, yeah, they released their album, The Big Score, just a few days ago. And on Saturday, they had a big old album release party with uh, the Utah County Swillers and Hi-Fi Murder and, of course, themselves. And it was a, it was a fun show. I'm going to jump the gun and just start talking about that show. We're just going to talk about it a little earlier, shall we? <clears throat> anyway, I get there, and Hi-Fi Murder is playing. I miss the Swillers, but I'm like, yeah, that's, that's okay. Spilt milk, I guess. Spilt whiskey, I guess. But, <laughs> but yeah, Hi-Fi Murder, they were bringing it. They were just having so much fun on the stage, and they did a cover of uh, Wild in the Streets. And, of course, I was singing along to it, and then the, uh, I can never remember his name, but the singer, their current singer, he's, like, grabbing me by the lapels. He's like, come up here, come up here. And then I just feel my friend behind me just, like, trying to hoist me up by the shoulders. I'm like, dude, you are uh, not going to be strong enough to live all, t 
lift all 270 pounds of me. <laughs> but I will, I will get up on the stage. I will be doing my best Keith Morris impression. They even had like the lyrics set out on the floor like, a, a, okay, that, that's the word. I lost my place anyway, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was a... F- if I murdered, they fucking killed it. Now, the one too many's? Oh, I hadn't seen the one too many since, oddly enough, the pandemic. That was the one live band I had seen in the thick of lockdown. In the... Oh man, it was the Royal. I'm like, yeah, I don't care who the fuck is playing. I'm just happy that it was the one too many's <laughs> and they were having their fun. And this show? Yeah. It was better, <laughs> because the Royal is a very subdued venue, it's very tame, and the One Too Many's, they are not exactly a tame band. They may look like it, being dressed up in all their little uh, dapper suits and <laughs> playing a lot of uh, ska songs, but it's like, no, they could get pretty fast, they could get pretty wild, and wild they did get. And their songs from the big score, oh, they're fucking awesome. There is just so much, uh, you can hear all the rancid influence, and... It's like, yeah, there is a lot of rancid, but some of it is, like, faster than it. Nice. And that would bring us to uh, the song that I chose, which is the title track from The Big Score. And this one, it's, uh, it actually came out a couple days prior as a single, which was the only thing that was available on Apple Music. And that, the whole album is available on their Bandcamp, which is where you should look first. Right. <clears throat> and, but yeah, I just heard that one, and I'm like just trying to hype myself up for the release show, which was, you know, uh, yeah, like I said, on Saturday. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'm into it, I'm into it. So Big Score got me all hyped up. I couldn't find another track on that album that really uh, gave me that same feeling. Not to, not to dismiss the rest of the album. The rest of the album is good, I assure you. But the title track, that was the, uh, I mean, it says it in the name, The Big Score. So there you go. It lives up to its title. And if you don't believe me, listen to it for yourself right now.
So yeah, see what I mean? A little more faster than Rancid. Right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that was, uh, of course, they played that song and they played, uh, they played pretty much the entire album. Oh, great. I'm pretty sure they played the entire album. <laughs> and the well, why is, not at an album release party, right? Yeah. Exactly. And they played a few extra songs. They covered Rancid's Time Bomb, and I've seen them do that uh, quite a few times before. Uh, they also, but they also threw in a cover of uh, Life Has a Way's song uh, um, back in the day. Oh, cool. So that was kind of nice because their current guitarist, Kid, he was the guitarist of Life Has a Way. And here's a little funny... Uh, La ha? Yeah. La ha. Here's, a, here's another little funny uh, trivia for you. Uh, Jamie Jameson, who's a guitarist of a Hi-Fi Murder, he was also in Life Has a Way. So the two guitarists are sharing the stage once again, but just in different bands. So that's pretty bizarre to me. That's awesome. Yep. And I mean, I played with those guys uh, back in the days of Suburban Hellkill. I played with Life Has a Way, played with One Too Many, played with Hi-Fi Murder and LSDO. And those guys, they were just uh, all seasoned vets of punk rock from the 90s and into the 2000s. So that was their style, and that was what they rolled with, and they are still rolling to it, uh, with it to this day. Except for Life Has a Way, they are uh, no longer a band anymore, which sucks. But it's nice to know the kid has found a new home in the One Too Many's. And I've seen the One Too Many's when they were just a three-piece. And then they got Kid, and they're like, okay, they got a lot better. That solo that you heard on that song, that was Kid. That's awesome. Yeah, he's the one bringing all those, like, ripping licks in there. And also, back, at, uh, back to the show, yeah, I, I found it kind of a disappointment. It's like, you did a cover of Life Has A Way. I was expecting Jamie to come up and, like, join them, maybe sing with them or something, but that did not happen. Missed opportunity. Yeah. But Bo did invite one uh, spectator from the crowd. It was one of his friends. I can't remember his name. But he was like, hey, why don't you come up here and sing a song? And he's like, okay, let me just get dressed. And he just removes his coat and his uh, pants. And wouldn't you know it, he too was wearing a suit, just like the <laughs> other four. And they're like, oh, would you look at that? He came prepared. Yeah, you never know. Obviously, they were playing it up. But right. I, thought, I thought it was pretty funny, just the little theatrics on there. And yeah, they, came, they brought him on to the song. It was their... Uh, God damn, what was the song? Summertime. Okay. And, and yeah, kept him up on there for their cover of, uh, I don't remember the song, but it's the, uh, it's the Bob Marley song that's every little thing gonna be all right. So it was that song, but of course they punked it up. <laughs> so it's just really cool. It's like, don't worry about a thing, because every little thing gonna be all right. I was like, yep, I'm getting it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, and that's the beauty of doing uh, covers. Make it your own. Right. And Bob Marley, it's uh, apparently really easy to uh, turn that into a fast, hard-hitting punk rock track. It's awesome. Yep. And as far as uh, the album, I was like, okay, I'll probably go buy an album after the show. And I was talking to their uh, uh, merch lady, and she was saying, well, uh, I don't know if there will be any left. How many do you have left? Three. Holy shit, there are three? And that's all they have? Yep. So I'm like, wow, okay, quite an album release show. You sell out of your album the first night. That's awesome for them. Um, yeah, Jesus. So I'm like, okay, laid down some money. It's like, here's, now I got the album. I got the first pressing of the One Too Many's first album. And that's going to be a bragging right someday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a bragging right right now. I'm just stoked. I'm stoked that those guys finally have an album out. 
they've been a band for X amount of years. Right, and I think they'd only released like a single here or there, not, not a whole mm-hmm. lot. Yeah, they were just like, uh, I mean, they weren't absent from the stage. They were always playing shows, but, you know, they, you know, like I said, they're uh, seasoned vets right. of, the, of the punk rock scene, meaning that, you know, they're grown up, they have lives, they have things to which they must attend, be that, you know, families, jobs, kids, whatever. <laughs> but the fact that they still come together and are like, yep, we're going to make a totally awesome album. All right, the passion's still there good so yeah that's uh there you go that's what i think about the one too many's uh the big score and the show that accompanied it and also i gotta say when you're uh, in line at the at the ice house you are probably going to be waiting 20 minutes for a fucking beer wow <laughs> that line was so long and there's only one area of the bar where you can fucking order i'm like that is so poorly designed yeah, it is. That's stupid. Yes. But whatever, the show was fun. That's the focus. And I will say one more thing. This was pretty bizarre. Since it was technically a Halloween show, there were people... Well, it was the Halloween weekend. And people were coming in sort of uh, dressed up as, uh, you know, random things. One, was, one looked like a hillbilly. Another one just looked like a hippie. It was very just at water costumes. But the two that really stood out was a couple that walked in wearing inflatable T-Rex suits. Nice. I just turned my head. I'm like, oh, my God, here we are. Good luck <laughs> dancing to those things. That's going to get incredibly hot. Right. That was also a little fun, uh, just a little fun element of that show. Just you never knew what was going to happen. And that's what makes it fun, right? Right. All right. That's all i got to say about One Too Many's for this one. Uh, Dustin, you may continue. Uh, the first handful of songs that I picked for the episode uh, are all as we talked about last week, we're at election time and they're themed for, you know, they're, they're probably songs I would just play on any episode anyway, but uh, I, I think they have the theme and we, we will listen and discuss. First band is The Blokes. They are from Rome in Italy and all three of the bands that I'm referring to, none of them are from here in the United States, but still, it's election time. And problems are all over the place. They're not uh-huh. exclusive to one place or a few places, all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's, like, <laughs> it's like I've been saying, everyone's got it worse, everyone's got it better. Right. Everyone thinks that your country, everyone thinks that their country is better than yours. Right. Y- you know why? Because that's what everyone thinks. <laughs> and if you think that about your country, you probably live in a good place, because yep. there's people out there that won't think that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like, it's like, yeah, America's the best country on the planet. Oh, how do you know? Have you been outside the U.S.? Have you lived in uh, more than the U.S., and if so, more than one other place? That's like, <laughs> if, you, if you pretty much go anywhere in the world, there is a little bit of America everywhere. You can find a McDonald's in Vietnam. Right. What does that tell you? <laughs> right. There's Wendy's in Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're using different oil over there. <laughs> nice. Well, first band, the Blokes, they're from Rome. They released Same Old Stories earlier this year, March 23rd. Uh, I kind of fell off my radar. I was looking, you know, following them, and uh, like February or so, like I was, all right, cool, I'm ready, I want to check this out. But I think it was originally only an album release. 
uh, earlier this year. And earlier this year, shipping prices and shipping times you know, coming from Europe to the U.S. were expensive and slow, and I wasn't buying very much. Uh, late summer, that changed quite a bit, and that changed for me. But uh, for that reason, it fell off my radar, but now you can listen to it digitally. Uh, so I recommend checking it out, and if they've still got copies of the LP, I recommend getting it. It's a good album. The Blokes, same old stories. Uh, I played a band from Italy last week, Eric, this one being from Rome. Uh, we're going to listen to their track called Freedom, which features Bishop Green. Uh, I think it's Greg Huff. That's all I hear, but maybe there's more instruments. I, I haven't read, like, liner notes or anything like that. They just put features uh, Bishop's Green, but you can hear Greg's voice. So here we go, freedom. Freedom, freedom. It kept sounding like Fredo, Fredo. <laughs> I thought it sounded like dreidel, dreidel. <laughs> <laughs> dreidel, dreidel. Every time I heard Fredo, Fredo, it just made me think of the uh, 
uh, the youngest brother in The Godfather. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, Freddo. <laughs> they call him Freddo, but... And what's funny is in Italian, Freddo means cold, which is what it's feeling right now. Winter came a bit early. Sure did. It's been snowing all damn day. Yeah, stupid. Uh, anyway, about the, the, the blokes with our boys in Bishop's Green. No, it's great. Right? <laughs> great stuff. Kicking that off. Uh, we're going to do another one. Uh, we were talking about at the top of the show, a, a new single, the band The Roadblocks. Uh, they released Welcome to Paradise, the single, October 28th, but Welcome to Paradise, the album, this is the title track of the album, is actually coming out December 2nd, so one month from today, it comes out. The band, The Roadblocks, they started back in 2016, so over six years as a band. Congratulations to them. They're from Ludwig, Ludwigsburg in Germany. Ludwigsburg. Ludwigsburg, <laughs> yes. Uh, did an interview with the band on episode 58.5. That was when they released their original three-track EP. Uh, they have since. This is going to be their second full-length album uh, since then, 2018. That was a new release. Uh, great band. I love that EP. The album, awesome. Looking forward to this album. The last album and this one are on Mad Butcher Records, so go check them out there. They also released a video, which I have not seen yet. I do need to. Uh, that goes with this song, Welcome to Paradise. So go check it out. Let's check out the track here. It's the Roadblocks, Welcome to Paradise. And they don't mean like uh, a beach and whatever other people generally mean is paradise. So listen to it. Here goes. <laughs> and do they also not mean the Green Day paradise? Correct. <laughs>
That song reminded me of uh, two separate bands. One, it's pretty obvious, it was Mob Mentality, at least as far as the uh, voice went and just the, I guess, the lyrical structure. But the guitars sounded, weirdly enough, they sounded like territories. <laughs> oh, nice. And I can't exactly put my finger on it. It was just, for some reason, when that song was playing, I just kept hearing the song Lockdown. And I'm like, yeah, these guys are not exactly close to these guys in terms of uh, sound, right? It's like they're or proximity, as one's from Vancouver and yeah. the other one is uh, from Germany. <laughs> I, know. I know. But the, the fucking uh, relations that you make right? across the board. But hey, I love both of those bands and this song I really like. So, And if you're not familiar works. with Roadblocks... Three of the four band members actually do vocals, so there's alternating vocals, very similar to how Rancid will have three vocals, not like a vocalist with guys shouting continually in the background. It's mm -hmm. different guys doing different songs in the same vein of Rancid. Oh, yeah. And Dropkick Murphy's on that front. It's like between Ken and Al. Right, exactly. Yeah. So you'll get the different what, sounds. And that's what uh, Apathetics are. Uh, uh, we will be doing a bit more. We're trying to alternate between me, Tyler, and Josh. Awesome. Because, uh, yeah, Tyler's holding down on the vocals, but there is one where it's like him and Josh uh, going back and forth. N neither of these songs are recorded, by the way. <laughs> but yet. Yeah, yet. <laughs> yet. The song that I'm talking about, it's our song Stories, and that's my favorite one to play. It's just so straightforward, uh, hard-hitting hard punk rock. It's so jumpy. It gets me excited. I'm like, can we record that song next, please? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's uh, mostly Tyler and... Tyler and Josh alternating between uh, vocals in the verse. And they're like trying to instigate me, come in on the uh, chorus. I'm like, okay, I'll get there. Just I need to learn the words first. <laughs> but that is, uh, those are plans that we have in the future. It's like, yeah, we'll pull a rancid. Maybe I'm singing one song and uh, uh, Tyler will be doing backing vocals or Tyler won't sing for one song. It'll just be me and Josh. And we're even talking about reviving some uh, old suburban Hellkill tracks. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yep. There's some cool tracks there. Yep. I don't know how this got into a promotional feature of my band, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Similarities to what Roadblocks are doing and what you will be doing with Apathetics. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into the older, lesser known. In this instance, it's uh, a new track. Yep, it's a new track and uh, pretty unknown. And I really kind of included these guys because they recently played here. The band is Orthodox. And they were just here last night, uh, as of this day. Today is the second. They were here on November the 1st. And I was planning on going to that show, but I only realized that it had happened after the fact. I'm uh. like, no, god damn it, I totally gapped it. Shit. <laughs> And they were here with uh, they were here with Varials, and I even tried to get us uh, booked on that show as an opening act, but I guess they weren't uh, taking local acts in for that show. It's a pretty stacked lineup. There was four touring bands on that. Bill, oh wow! So. Yeah, and Orthodox was one of them. And Orthodox I had seen twice, but that was years ago. I'm like, okay, they got a new album out. It's uh, going to be a nice, refreshing take. I want to go see them. And yep, oh well, <laughs> <laughs> I missed them because. Uh, uh, because of one thing, my uh, friend and I, we had this sort of uh, Halloween tradition where we watch um, The Exorcist on Halloween night. But Halloween was a pretty, uh, it was a pretty busy night for myself, you know? Right, and it we'll sure be, was. Yeah, uh, we'll be talking about that later, trust me. And 
But ergo, couldn't uh, watch the movie on that night. So I just hit her up saying, hey, why don't we just uh, do a little belated uh, celebration on the first? And we went and did that. And it wasn't until after I got home that I was scrolling through Instagram and seeing posts like, uh, here's Varials killing it. I'm like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> oh, God. So I was, I was bummed that I missed Orthodox. So this is me just kind of a, a paying tribute to them. It's like, I'm sorry I couldn't be there, but it looked like you had plenty of people there giving you support. So, and that's what really matters anyway. Anyway, Orthodox, yes, they have a new album out called Learning to Dissolve. And this is their first release in, I want to say four or five years, I, okay. I think. Because, yeah, like I hadn't seen them in a, in a long time. <laughs> and I have talked about Orthodox on this show before, some uh, uh, two years ago, I want to say. Two, yeah, I don't think it was that long, that much longer than two years I played one of their songs from their EP, Give Me a Reason, which I think still holds up. It is just four pummeling, brutal fucking hardcore songs. And I may even uh, go back and uh, talk about that album again, that EP again. And I really kind of bring that up because when I went into Learning to Dissolve, I was like, you know what? I should listen to that today. I hadn't listened to it since it first came out back in, uh, it was August, right? Yes. Yeah, August 19th. And then, and I'm just seeing, well, let's see if it holds up to that uh, EP, because that's the standard I hold them at. <laughs> and I listened to Learning to Dissolve for the first time in four months, uh, four months, two months, two months, kind of jumped over right there. <laughs> and, oh dear, I really want to like this record. <laughs> I, I really want to like it, but here's the thing. Um, it was not the same orthodox I'm familiar with. It's the same band. Like, uh, Orthodox is kind of a, it's not exactly a name that is thrown around. You don't see many bands that are called such an obscure name like that. It's not a word that's used in common speech. And they were, their handle was always like Orthodox Straight Edge. But the thing is, on their band camp, it has, those, uh, it has their first album and their uh, EP that I was talking about earlier, but it does not have Learning to Dissolve on there. So I'm thinking, wait a minute, are there two separate Orthodox bands? But then I find the credits on their, uh, on the Learning to Dissolve record, which is on Century Media's Bandcamp. I'm like, okay, and all rights are reserved to Orthodox Straight Edge LLC. I'm like, okay, it's the same band. And now I'm really disappointed. <laughs> okay, now I'm really disappointed. I don't mean to dissuade any listeners, but here's the thing. Uh, Learning to Dissolve, my main gripe with it, and it's a very, it's a very big gripe, is the tempo, the whole album is just the same speed for the most part. And it's all beat down hardcore. It's just all like a, a lot of slamming riff, a chugga chugga choo choo type shit. And I'm like, that's fine, but I prefer that shit in moderation. But for a whole album, and the songs are long, they are capping out to like four or five minutes of very similar riffs. And it's to the point where I don't even know if a song, where a song ends and a new one begins. I'm like, dude, this is not a good sign. And this is, uh, what, 12 tracks long? Oh, man, this is going to be a long one. And I gave it a few chances, and I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. There is not a, 
there is not much of variety in here. It's like if you're going to do a heavy record and if you're going to make it as long as you are, you need to have peaks and valleys. You got to like spice it up a little bit. <laughs> have some fast parts, have some like uh, crazy parts, have some yeah, have some chance, have some audience participation, get a rallying cry in there. I mean, on the first on that give me a reason EP, I remember that because it's like tell me I am going to hell and they just repeat on that. I'm like, "Yep." That's a that's like good um, pop sensibility. <laughs> you got to make it catchy if you're gonna if you're gonna be heavy. Otherwise, it all sounds the same, and most of the album does sound the same, except for one song. For one song. Now, the song that I chose, it's not exactly representative of the rest of the album because it is the one different one. So it's like when I'm choosing songs to play on this episode, it's like, do I want to choose one that is representative of the album it's coming from, or do I choose my favorite one? And mine is the latter, because, at least on this record, because if I was to choose a representative of any song, of the overall sound of this album, I could have just chosen any of the remaining songs on there. I'm really sorry, Orthodox. It's just, uh, you know... It's just a difference in taste. You know, I do like some beatdown stuff. Like Snuff Tape is more of a beatdown band, but they only have like two songs out. So that is like, okay, I can listen to that, have fun, and then I listen to another song. All right, I'm good. <laughs> but fucking 12 tracks of that same shit? Oh, dear, this is not, this is uh, not boding well on me. But the song that I did choose, and I will tell you the title, it is called Fast Asleep. Why I like it? Well, emphasis on fast. <laughs> so let's listen to it now. The light leads where the mind won't go
And yeah, right after that little uh, build-up goes right into another song. <laughs> so yeah, it still kind of falls victim to that trap. But honestly, when I was listening to this album at work today, and then I heard the then I heard that intro, I'm like, okay. And then it just goes into that fucking fast riff. I'm like, finally, some variety. <laughs> so, I mean, does that make it a good song? Does that, or does it just make it a good song by comparison to the rest of the album? I don't know. I will get back to you on that. <laughs> but, again, I don't mean to sound like I'm talking shit on this album. I mean, if, uh, if you guys out there are really into that fucking uh, bench press uh, hardcore sound that, like, make... And just the music that makes you want to punch a hole in the concrete for 20 minutes. <laughs> then, then, yeah, I'd say check this album out. But, but yeah, for me, it's like it's getting a little too, uh, getting a little too muddy. There's the guitar tone that just sounds like it's submerged in quicksand. And I am just not having it. Like, uh, if I listen to an album, especially as long as this one, I need to have variety. Because... The whole breakdown, build up, breakdown, repeat. It gets kind of old, man. <laughs> you know, it's like watching a horror movie and it's nothing but jump scares. It's like, okay, you know, I'm expecting the jump scare and it gets old. It doesn't have the same bite as, you know, as the first few times. Right. Yeah, so Orthodox, what happened? <laughs> I, <laughs> I know what happened. You just did what you wanted. <laughs> so... So yeah, but I'll still I still support those guys. I'll still listen to the music that I love by them and I'll I'll keep this song on repeat. Fast asleep. It's the it was the song that I love the most on this record and I might just go back and listen to this one specifically. Also, I got to say that crawling little uh, guitar thing. It just made me sounds it just sounded so like uh, uh it sounded so 90s. Like, it just reminded me of uh, stuff from uh, Body Count, actually. Oh, okay. Where it's like, uh, yeah, you got the riff of being, being held down, and you got Ernie C just in the back just doing these little uh, sinister melodies. So just hearing that as part of the, uh, uh, just to kind of, like, uphold the, uh, the variety in this track, it really, uh, it really worked in its favor. <laughs> little, little things like that. That's what I'm talking about with the peaks and valleys. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that was the standout on this record. I mean, check out the rest of it if you're uh, interested. But like I said, this song is not an accurate representation of what the album, the rest of the album sounds like. Well, I've got a track that goes along, like I said, with the first couple tracks. This band being from Antwerp, Belgium. Yes, it is The Agitators. I love this album. <laughs> I probably have picked it before. I haven't looked that up, but I bet I've picked this before as a great cover-to-cover -cover album. It's time to take a stand. They released this December 6th of 2015. So coming up on seven years ago, played several other tracks from this between Punkanoi Worldwide and here on SLC Punkcast. But I think this one's fitting for this time of year. Uh, the track is called Welcome to the Circus. We'll listen and then discuss. Here goes. Drive 
that the truth? Yeah. Yeah, this the one big circus act. Just a bunch of uh, mouthpieces and talking heads just making all these uh, hollow promises. And uh, yeah, where's the follow through on that? Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me, no. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me the next however the fuck many times. Oh, shit. That's just all you can say is not shame, it's shit. Term limits. That's mm-hmm. what I support is term limits for every position. Yeah, seriously. Politicians should not be a career. Yeah. It's it, not a career. They're only getting paid by the uh, corporations who are bribing them. I know. Well, it shouldn't be a career, but people who are in office, I mean, there's several people in office right now that have been there 30, 40, and in some cases, 50 plus years. Yeah. That is far too fucking long to have been in political office. It's like you shouldn't be in a position of power if you can't remember you took a shit the same day. Right. <laughs> I feel bad for anybody who's a party supporter, meaning you say poor support a certain party because they all fucking lie. Yep. <laughs> it takes one bad apple to destroy the batch. It's like, well, the whole batch. <laughs> yeah. The whole batch is contains all the parties. Right. Meanwhile, after, the, after it's all said and done, after the debates, it's like, okay, they're all uh, chortling afterwards. Right. It's of like, oh, what are you going to say this time? Oh, I got an idea. Yeah, and I don't plan to do anything that I said. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Just holding the brandy in the palm just exactly the way you would think. Yes, yes, mm, quite amusing. Well, I love the agitators. You should check out that album. And at least here in the U.S., this next Tuesday coming up, what is that, the 8th? Uh, or the 9th, whatever Tuesday is, right? Yeah, I think it's the 8th. Welcome to the circus. Next, we're going to play a Halloween song. (laughs) Yep. I mean, we're in the twilight days of Halloween and just at the dawn of election season, the true horror season. Right. I remember I I posted that... um, no, I said that in my post about the uh, about last week's episode. It's like, yeah, we're uh, having a mix of like horror, like Halloween themed and political themes in here, <laughs> and they're all blending together at the right time of year. Yep. Like I said, what's the real scary season? Right. <laughs> well, we're gonna go uh, into a sense of uh, horror with a lot of realism in here, and we're gonna do it by way of my amigo, the devil. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know how much I love Amigo the Devil. I've talked to him about I've talked about him on this show many times. His album that came out last year, Born Against, was my favorite release of last year. And his three before that, oh well, well, technically two. He's had like a few uh he's had like a, a strain of singles that come in, but his two full lengths, one is volume one and the other everything is fine, also masterpieces in their own right. And I'm gonna talk about the former here, volume one. And for those of you that kind of uh, that kind of missed my many ramblings about this man, Mr. Danny Cardanos, <clears throat> let me catch you up. He is a folk artist who is, uh, you know, influenced by a lot of Heartland rock and a lot of bluegrass and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, different styles of uh, folk and country alike. And he is also very much inspired by uh, serial killers and cult leaders and uh, just some and just their overall mentality and just the human the human conundrum of morality. It's such a yeah, he's got quite a bit to say. But what does he what does he do when he's uh, making light uh, when he's talking about the serial killers? He makes light of it. 
And he does so in the choosing of this song. And he happens to be talking about one Ed Gein. And if you don't know who Ed Gein is, well, he was the... Uh, he was this guy from uh, Wisconsin who was incredibly mentally ill, and he took and his favorite pastime was going and digging up graves, you know. And yeah, in a way, he was kind of a grave robber, but he wasn't uh, robbing materials. He was robbing the bodies. He was stealing the bodies. He would take them back home. He would skin them, and he would make uh, he would make clothing. He had this thing called a breast vest, and it's exactly as it sounds. He has a belt that was made entirely out of nipples. <laughs> and he would uh, carve their faces off and he would wear them as masks. It's starting to sound uh, like, uh, starting to sound pretty familiar. Yes, there were, uh, there were horror movies based off of this man. I think the most notable and the obvious one was Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but also Silence of the Lambs because Buffalo Bill was doing the exact same thing. Right. And, and what did he do with the... <clears throat> with the uh, pieces of the body you didn't use, eh, made furniture. <laughs> yeah, used it as a scaffolding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God, it was some. Uh, it was. Uh, he was an insane man. He was. Uh, he was not well. <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, much of how he inspired uh, the likes of the likes of people in the entertainment industry, he inspired Amigo the Devil, and. He did so in the song The Recluse. And if you listen closely, you can hear like little things he's uh, referring to in this song that are like uh, uh, little nudges, little tongue-in-cheek nudges to, you know, the acts of Ed Gein. But you really have to kind of pay attention to it. So without further ado, here is The Recluse from Amigo the Devil from the album Volume 1. Why the devil came and sold his fucking soul to me. 
Kind of pick up on the uh, mentality behind Mr. Gein. Because, yeah, the, the thing that he was dealing with was like he figured he was meant to be someone else. Hence the lyrics, I want to feel comfortable in my own skin. But maybe yours will do just fine. Right. <laughs> or it's like, I was working on my vest and she needed to get some things off her chest. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, this is just too good. I love the, I love his plays on words. So yeah, that was a Halloween track because, you know, where do you think all these uh, crazy stories come from? Where, who do you think inspired them? They're based off of real events, right? <laughs> I mean, that's that was the thing. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, based on true events, quite literally true events. But the thing was, Ed Gein wasn't a serial killer. He killed maybe two people. But he dug up, like, uh, I think 15 or 16 graves. And just to feed his, uh, just to feed his sick obsession. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, uh, yeah, and it was coming from uh, pure mental illness. It was, uh, it was crazy. He was a crazy man, and in folks, some crazy stories and some crazy songs, and <laughs> that was one of them. So, thank you, Danny Kiranos. And he's got he's got more that are based on like uh, serial killers and cult leaders. Like he's got a song about Jim Jones called "Hungover in Jonestown," <laughs> of which the the lyrics of the chorus are "Life is a joke and death is the punchline." <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Dahmer does Hollywood. Yep. That's, yeah, we know that. <laughs> yeah, and he's also got one about Albert Fish that's called Different Ways to Fry a Fish. And Albert Fish was horrible. Yeah. Like, I mean, all serial killers are horrible, but he was on another level. He was, he targeted children, yeah. just specifically children. And Danny, he's just like, you know, I don't know how I can make this funny, nor do I really want to. So I'll tell you what I'll do. He divided it up into two songs, and it was what it was uh, the last drop, and it was basically telling the story from the perspective, basically what he would assume was going through the mind of the father of this girl who was killed by Albert Fish, and just what he would do to him. Different ways to fry a fish was him enacting on those on those things, 
Albert Fish falling victim to his own tools, to his own methods. And, yeah, it gets really gruesome. <laughs> it gets, like, <laughs> saw territories right there. <laughs> so fucking ridiculous. But that's the, that is the brilliance behind Danny Kiranos that makes his vessel, Amigo the Devil, so amazing. And I know it's not necessarily a punk on here, but, hey, he attracts all the punks and the hardcore kids and the metalheads alike. He's the... He's the Johnny Cash of this generation. Right? At least in terms of like a, a genre fluidity in the fan base. Because everybody loves Johnny Cash. Come on. Right? <laughs> and right how now. How can you not? Yeah, how can you not? That guy's a oh, that guy's a living legend. Yeah, he still lives. Yep. Legends never die, kid. Was, yeah, words of wisdom from the uh, from the actor playing Babe Ruth in the sandlot. <laughs> <laughs> it still carries all the weight. <laughs> anyway, that's my first Halloween song. I do have another that we'll be talking about after uh, we talk about our concerts and live shows. The reason being that it does play into the album I chose to talk about on this episode. And it's also just one minute long. It's also not really a song. <laughs> it's just, uh, we'll get to that when we get to that. But for now, let's talk about some of the shows that we either attended or played or are looking forward to. Let's do. Yeah, let's do. I'll start. <laughs> I already told you about the uh, One Too Many's album release party. And yes, that was a lot of fun. But let me tell you about another show that I went to. Well, went to. I performed. I performed on Halloween in this fucking soda boba shop in South Jordan. <laughs> now, for all of you outside of the state, South Jordan is just this little uh, suburb really south and really west of the Salt Lake Valley. And the more south and west you go, the more boring it gets, the more cookie cutter the residents become, the more Mormon it becomes. And it is just so... It is musically destitute out there there is nothing going on it's like the it's like the biggest event is going to a walmart <laughs> that's how <laughs> bland it is so and in my tenure as a band as all of us everyone in my band we all were like yeah this is the first time we're playing south jordan and in a fucking parking lot no less <laughs> how we landed this is the uh, uh the singer of portraits who played the show um, his, uh, his friend is the, uh, his friend's mom is the owner of the, of the place. So they managed to, uh, convince her to, like, have an outdoor show here. I'm like, okay, nice. let's see if this actually goes through. It, motherfucker, it went through. All right. <laughs> and it was a stacked lineup. There was, uh, the bands that played were Mummy, Drag, Bound, Sunfish, Lovelace, and, of course, Portraits and Us. We were closing that night. And, oh, God, let me tell you that fucking thing. Anyway, but let me, let me talk about the good shit first. The good shit was all the bands that played before us. Sunfish is, a, is a, a band that Courtney Lane is in. And we know Courtney Lane as the singer of The Chain. And, you know, I've played The Chain before. Fucking amazing. Just great, soulful, heavy music. Whole, yeah, heavy soul. That's what I call it. <laughs> And she's got her other band, Sunfish, which I told them sounds like a revival of 60s and 70s psychedelic rock. And it can get pretty heavy. I loved it. 
I had a great time watching that. Uh, let's see. Lovelace was a lot of fun, and they were nice enough to let uh, DK use one of their amps because, you know, they had a PA, but it was mainly for the vocals. Everything else was playing analog, and DK's amp is a it's pretty small combo amp, and it easily gets drowned out by uh, Tyler's bass amp and Ethan's uh, more substantial <laughs> amp cab. But thankfully, Lovelace had our back. And... Yeah, we arrived uh, pretty late. It start, the whole thing was like opening up at uh, 4.30 and they were supposed to have a barbecue, but it was like, uh, no, we can't allow that. Okay, fine. It's an, it's an eatery. I get it. <laughs> and then there was the, yeah, there were multiple vendors supposed to be there. I only saw two other vendors. Oh. Yeah, two. One of which was, uh, I can never remember the kid's name, but on Instagram, he's known as Tempura Supply. And he's the one making all those little specific stickers of the little, uh, this little cartoony-like character who's just shaped like a pear, pretty much. And, he's, and his shirt is always wearing a different band shirt. And he makes those stickers uh, for every show that he goes to. And each one is sporting uh, uh, the logo of whatever band is playing that night. So he was there just kind of selling off his wares that he, he was just trying to get rid of, trying to clean house. Okay. <clears throat> and, yeah, and then there were a few other people selling used clothes, I guess. Used clothes. There we go. Okay. There's a lot of S's in that sentence. <laughs> so, yeah, and they didn't stick around long. But I will say, Tempura, his, uh, his setup, his merch table was just two upside-down shopping carts and a piece of cardboard. I was nice. like, dude, I appreciate that. Me, I just had to bring uh, you know, my folding table from home. <laughs> but that was the thing. We uh, sold a lot of merch. Oh, man. We were the only band there that had merch, I think. Wow. And we sold out of our cassettes. That's awesome. Yeah, there are no more cassettes left, people. At least not from us. You can find them at Oliver Rock. You can find them at Ranch Records. You can find them at Grey Whale. And that's if they even have any left. I know there's still a few floating out there, but if you want one, then uh, talk to one of your friends. See if you can uh, purchase one off of them. But I strongly recommend against that because we are going to be releasing new, better material. People are coming up to me like, oh, I love your demo. Your demo fucking rocks. I'm just like... I respectfully disagree, but <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and if you like that, just you wait, because we're going to be doing this a lot better. And like right now, every song on that demo is getting rewritten in some way. <laughs> oh, God. But that's it, a good thing. It's a good thing. Because I went and listened to it a couple days ago, and I'm just like, oh, oh, God, this hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm my own worst fucking critic, as I should be. It's just like, no, I'm not going to settle for this. I'm, I want it to be better. You know? Just to, you know, because... I got to appease myself first. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, talking about um, appeasement, I guess. We were finally going to be going on. This, going on. We're going to be closing the night. 20 minutes before we are going on. We get told that uh, the plug is going to be pulled at 9.30. And I was like, we go on at 9.30. At least that was the plan. Wasn't this thing going until 10? And they're like, well, yeah, now that the shop is closing, they don't want anybody here loitering. I'm like, what the fuck? I thought this was like a set thing. 
And they're like, well, if you still want to play, we'll just like, uh, you know, we'll just help you get all set up real quick. And then you just play until the power goes out. I'm like, well, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it. We'll see how far it goes. How far it went? We got through 2.1 songs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this was basically how our show went. Being that it was Halloween, we were all sort of dressed up. Well, except for Sid. Sid wasn't dressed up, but Tyler, he was wearing some World War I Army uniform because motherfuckers obsessed with World War I. <laughs> and DK, he was having a... He just uh, sort of blacked out his eyes <clears throat> and just put a, uh, one of those neck warmers above his, uh, f- above his face so it was like nothing but his eyes showing. And, of course, he was wearing a beanie, so I'm like, oh, so you're a vigilante. And Ethan, he wore nothing but a baby mask. <laughs> it's so disturbing. <laughs> it's the scariest damn thing. Like, I remember he had it up above his head, and he was looking down at his phone, and the baby face was just staring right at me. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it, will you... I don't know. But, of course, when he had it in that position and he looked up, it looked like his ears were sticking out. He looked like a fucking goblin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. And I was, all I did was just uh, paint my face to look like a disheveled corpse. And yeah, we had fun with that. And our stage walking music, you know, the music that you play as everybody's setting up and finding their spot on stage was the Exorcist theme. Nice. Because I'm like, yeah, we're going to do that. And we're going to open up with Halo Head. And I'm going to open up the set with, what a wonderful day for an exorcism. <laughs> and I did. There's video footage of it. You can watch it. It's on our fucking <laughs> Facebook and our Instagram. <laughs> And like, and then we get into Halo Head, and like every time there is a break, I always shout another lyric from uh, another lyric, another line from the movie. I remember at one point I was like, "The power of Christ compels you." <laughs> and of course, uh, Will, uh, the bassist for Marine Corps, he's always at a, he's always front row at our shows, and he was like, "I want to talk. I want to." I want to speak some exorcist shit into the mic. He's always been doing that. I always hand him the mic, and he's just saying all this shit. Hey, introduce this next song. Your mother sucks cocks in hell, Karis. <laughs> I was like, thank you, Will. <laughs> so yeah, this was his like, uh, this was his baby's day out. And of course, I was wearing my exorcist shirt, just the one of like Pazuzu's face, just staring right out at you. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh... What can I say? It's one of my favorite movies. I have a tattooed on me for a fucking reason. Because <laughs> it's awesome. Anyway, we get, into, we get through Halo Head, and then we go into our song Between Struggle and Abuse, which is one of our longer songs. And Sid was telling me she was just playing it super fucking fast. It's just like, we're going to try to get it as much as we can, because our songs are long, our sets are long, and honestly, if they kept us going until 10, we would have played through the whole thing without a fucking hitch. But... Then we get into Defined by Blood, and it starts off the little dun 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 and then as soon as the the beat drops into the to lead in the verse riff, it's like dun 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 dun, and that's where the power went out. We're like, well, fuck, I I guess that's the end, guys. Sorry. Good while it lasted. Yeah. Oh god, but we were so we were so pissed. I was being like, if you were gonna shut us down. Just come, don't fucking turn the power off. Come out here sporting a fucking shotgun and threaten us. Come on, make it interesting. Make us really want to fucking stop playing. And then Sid was like, I should have brought my, down my generator. Oh, that would have been so awesome. It's like power goes out. 
Oh, you're gonna shut us down? Psych! <laughs> All right, show must go on. <laughs> yeah, but it was funny. Sid was even talking to me about like uh, how it feels like this is probably what hardcore shows back in the '80s felt like. You know, just the threat of getting shut down. I was half expecting cops to show up, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, and a fucking uh, hoity-toity, uh, totally uh, sort of uh, 20 years behind the mark community like this. I was expecting, you know, some complaints or noise complaints or anything like that. <laughs> but the thing was, we were still within noise ordinances. Uh, like any uh, loud noise past 11 p.m. is considered uh, an offense. We weren't even planning on being over till 10. Why did we get the plug pulled? Well, we close at 10. Fucking. <laughs> the thing was, we had an agreement with the owner, but the owner was not there. It was the manager who was being all like, oh, you get out of my fucking park tonight. <laughs> yeah, God, people were pissed. I took it and I took it in stride, at least, because I have never had a plug pulled on me at a show, <laughs> ever. I never got a show <laughs> set, shut down in the middle of our set, so I'm like, eh, well, it's... Everyone gets a first, I guess. <laughs> so, great. But the fact was, every other band got to play their set, and they all did a good job. They all had fun. And our set, as small as it was, as short as it was, we made the most of it. I was jumping around. I was getting in people's faces. People were dancing. I was having a good time. And we sold a lot of merch. We sold $120 worth of merch, and our cassettes are gone, like I said. So awesome. that's, that's a pretty nice feather in the cap. Despite everything, I still had a good time. And what did I do afterwards? I went to another show. The band Exciter was playing at a fucking Aces High. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to go down there. I'm all, f I haven't done shit for festivities this October, this Halloween season. You know what? It's Devil's Night. I got my fucking face painted. I just played somewhat of a show. I'm going to go see my friends at Aces. I'm going to check out what they're doing. I go there. Yep. The show is still going on. I caught the last little bit of Exciter's set. And they were cool. Awesome. I, never, I never quite listened to much of Exciter, so I was just kind of there for the company. I never knew that they were a three-piece band and that the drummer was the singer. That's awesome. And I'm like, whoa, kick ass. They're fucking, they're enjoying it. So yeah, Halloween was a success for me. Despite everything, it was a success. We had a good time, and hopefully we'll be playing one more show before day's end. Because the show we played at, um, at the once-known Dis House, which is now called the Slut Hut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we played like ass. If you want to know how we played like ass, I refer you to our previous episode. Because <laughs> we sucked. And this one, yeah, we were all there. We were all in the pocket. We just couldn't play everything. Anyway, those are the shows that I attended. And, yep, that's what I got. Dustin, what have you got? A lot of shows out about. Uh, this one I've been mentioning the last few weeks. It's Hunger Strike. It is the show that's up in Bremerton. It's going to be at The Chuck. I think that's a venue change. November 12th, so Bremerton in Washington. And you can go see the bands Awake Amongst the Dead, Baptation, John the Reveler, and Worth Nothing. I want to shout out to Billy Weasel for putting this on the radar. If you're anywhere near the area, get out there, go support. It's $8 or $6 with winter clothes donation. Go donate. Help out. It's brought to us or you, whoever get to go see it, by a People's Harm Reduction Alliance and Kitsap Food Not Bombs Benefit. Go check it out. Uh, all ages. And there is going to be a bar with ID. I'll mention this one again last week, so go check that one out. Uh, the Briefs and Susie Moon doing... or 
transitioning into the sonically reduced tour as uh, the Dead Boys had to drop, Cheetah Sick, and they even dropped our show, I guess, maybe without the Dead Boys, maybe they couldn't get the venue any longer, but they are no longer going to be here in Salt Lake. Uh, I was really looking forward. I would still go see the Briefs and Susie Moon. Uh, I will talk more about Susie Moon here shortly, but... Yeah. I mean, it sucks. Cheetah is the lone surviving dead boy. Yeah. <laughs> and he is sick. Yep. Hopefully he doesn't become a literal dead, dead boy. Right. Don't sick and recovering, on. hopefully. It's like, we can't, <laughs> we can't lose you, Cheetah. We already lost Steve, and that was too much. Right. Uh, if you want to go check out <laughs> any of the sonically reduced tours out here on the West Coast, as they were doing the East Coast earlier... Uh, the 4th will be in San Diego, Silverado on the 5th, San Jose on the 6th, San Francisco on the 7th, Fresno on the 8th. It is West Coast, though all those were California. Uh, the 9th in Reno, Nevada. The 10th in Eugene. The 11th in Portland and Seattle on the 12th. Yes, Salt Lake City is no longer on there, but you can go check out uh, all of those bands Sonically reduced tour. There you go. Sonic reduced tour. <laughs> now it's a half tour. <laughs> right? So next up, Punk in the Park. I've mentioned this one a few times. If you're going to be in Orange County, November 5th and 6th, you can go see that Saturday, this Saturday, Sunday, you can go see bands like Bad Religion, Face to Face, Dead Kennedys, The Adolescents, Seven Seconds, Manic Hispanic, Subhumans, The Bronx, The Flatliners, The Briefs, Susie Moon, yes, that is uh, those two bands I was just referring to. Those are the Saturday bands, or at least some of them. Sunday, you can go see Dropkick Murphys, The Bouncing Souls, The Murder City Devils, Anti-Flag, Agent Orange, Good Riddance, Buddha Glow Skulls, Swingin' Utters, Channel 3, Pulley, and more. Go check that out this weekend. It's Punk in the Park there in Orange County, California. Did it sound like one of those monster truck commercials? I was kind of trying to go for that. Yeah, a little bit. I'm just like, maybe you should, uh, maybe you should seek career opportunities for Spike TV. There you go. Uh, here in Salt Lake this week, November 3rd, which is tomorrow, the Underdogs of Chaos Tour with the Valicia, Makosos, the Usurpers, Power Beer, and Bad Mouth at Oliver Punk Rock Shop. All ages show, $10. Doors open at 6 so go check out those bands, cool local bands, and some cool bands coming in from California. Uh, then you have the Frisky Morris and Friends bring you Old School Hardcore Show, which will be at the Liars Club in Chicago, Saturday the 12th. This will be the last two-minute minor Chicago show. That's it. Mm -hmm. So if you want to go see Two Minute Minor and you're in Chicago or anywhere thereabouts, I think they're doing one or two other shows. One's out here out west, like in Portland late next year even, but uh, they're not doing much more as far as live shows go or much as a band, really, uh, after they have a few releases that are coming out, they'll come out, and so go see them, and you can go see them with The Creepers, Brainbleed, Fighting for Scraps, Shittison, and Through and Through, that will be also, what I say, the, the 12th in Chicago, then we got uh, Claymore and Oil with Party Force, Criminal Outfit, and Dirty West Side. That'll be in Oakland, California at the Golden Bowl, Saturday, November 12th. A lot of great shows around on November 12th. That's an 8 p.m., 21 and older show. Uh, cool bands there. I got to see Claymore recently. 
Our friends in Italian Blood are going to be playing on Friday, November 11th, Pizza Fight at the Depot. We had that discussion about the Depot uh, <laughs> with T. And it is not the Depot that is out here. It's the Depot that is in, uh, where is that, back east? I think it's in New Jersey. I don't know. It's, uh, it's the Depot at 1728 North Charles Street, $10, 21 and older show. Doors open at 11, at 11, 8. It's on 11-11. Uh, Italian Blood, Blood is playing with The Galaxy Has Eyes and I Juggernaut. Yeah, once again, not the depot here, the depot out there. Yes. Uh, two more things to mention. Black Flag, TSOL, The Dickies, and Total Chaos doing some November shows. Uh, tomorrow, the 3rd, they'll be at the Paper Tiger in San Antonio. On the 4th, they'll be in Dallas. The 5th, in Houston. The 6th, they'll be in New Orleans. On the 12th, they'll be in Laconia, New Hampshire. They cut off part of the picture here. Uh, then they'll be in Sayreville, New Jersey on the 13th. Reverb, at the Reverb in Reading, Pennsylvania on the 15th. The 17th, they'll be in Des Plaines, Illinois. And on the 18th, they'll be in Cincinnati, Ohio. I don't know if they cut this picture off or not. But nonetheless, if you want to go see those bands playing, you can at those venues. And finally, Revolution Calling. Uh, that's on November 12th in Eindhoven. And you will get to see, they'll have two stages. Probation, Savage Beat, Violent Way, Desolated, Gold, Cold World, rather. No Turning Back, Discharge, Ignite, Sick of It All, Mess, Life Sick, End It, Peter and the Test Two Babies, Knuckle Dust, Crown Court, Born from Pain, Rude Pride, yes, Rude Pride, you got to go see them, and Sheer Terror. So go check them out. That is also November 12th in Eindhoven. Eric, that's all I've got. What do you have? Well, I have another show that I have to uh, plug that I played. I forgot that... I'm in two bands. I'm going to be playing twice as many shows. There you go. <laughs> and yes, I played another show with the Apathetics this last weekend. We played in a little record store slash sporting memorabilia store in Provo. I cannot remember what it was called. But yeah, it was pretty funny. You had a lot of records and a lot of baseball cards. Nice. I'm like, okay, okay, I see what's going on here. <laughs> anyway... Uh, it's the store that belongs to uh, my friend Blake's dad. And he convinced him that's like, uh, hey, I got some friends from Salt Lake. They're a punk band. Let's just uh, have them play here and I can open up for them. We'll get one other act. And he's like, okay, that's fine. They just can't swear on stage. <laughs> I'm like, you've <laughs> got to be shitting me. <laughs> uh, that's and funny. it's like, well, as long as he's not here, we can swear. But much to our disdain, he was. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. It's just like, <laughs> you have a punk show and we can't swear on stage? What the fuck kind of bizarre land are you living in? Then again, I remember, it's Provo. Yeah. And two of my friends that came down uh, with me to, uh, and to watch the show, they went over to the uh, Smiths to, uh, I, I don't know, get some drinks or something. And they were getting the dead stares from all the people over there. They were getting <laughs> glared at. And I was like, oh, to be a social pariah once again. Because, <laughs> like, you go into a lot of the uh, standard communities here. Like I said, we just played a show in South fucking Jordan. You know, nobody really bats an eye at people wearing spiky jackets or having their hair up anymore up here. But down in Provo, 
Oh, man, that's, uh, that's where BYU is. So, yeah, you're going to be getting a lot of dirty looks. And right next to the, uh, uh, the sort of sister building, just uh, south of the uh, venue, there were, uh, there were conjoined buildings. There was a little, uh, like, square dance or fucking hoedown type party going on. Everyone was doing, like, country dance and everyone coming in with Wrangler jeans and cowboy boots and 10-gallon hats. Just all, just all dancing and prancing in there, I'll tell you. <laughs> and me and my friends were just hanging out. We're drinking beers out back and just uh, watching all these uh, fellas looking like good old boys coming into the <laughs> coming into the venue and just looking at us like, what the fuck? <laughs> anyway, that's that's just stuff that was going on around the show. The performances, however, well, this was kind of weird. We get. We start setting up our stuff on stage, and we just think we're backlining. As to our understanding, we were playing last. And then it was like, we get there, oh no, you're actually going to be playing second. This uh, rapper is going to be playing first. We don't, I can't remember who he was. I didn't really watch him. The only time I was watching him, uh, I came in, I was like, okay, let's check this guy out. And he was like, this is a cover song by Drake. Nope, I'm gonna go watch the. I'm gonna go fucking browse the <laughs> records. I'm like, okay, whatever. It's, I, sorry, I didn't care. I didn't even care to really learn his name or even much less remember it. <laughs> but anyway, apathetics. We're on first, apparently. It's like, yeah, it was weird. We just are like setting up or sound checking, and then Josh's like, oh, man, should we just do it? Yeah, fuck it, let's just go into it. So it was just very spur of the moment. We became the opening band. <laughs> I was like, okay, we went from headlining to opening. It's just a matter of hours. <laughs> okay. Not like it really mattered. There was not a lot of people there. Most of them were sitting down. And, of course, we had to uh, censor ourselves. But Josh let an F word slip. And I was like, hey, it's okay. We're still PG by 80s standards. So <laughs> we can let one slip. <laughs> and then if you listen to our song uh, that's out right now, Misery, the, yeah, the, quo- the chorus ends with, put me out of my fucking misery. And Tyler, all he does is censor himself, but on one part of the chorus, I just put a bleep in there. It was like, put me out of my beep misery. <laughs> and he looked at me and he smiled. <laughs> so yeah, despite the fact that we had to uh, PG ourselves, it's like it's on stage, but off stage, we're swearing up a fucking storm like we're in a barracks. And you don't have a problem with this, sir? I God, get with the times, you fucking dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> so backwards down there. Anyway, we had, we still had fun. I was jumping up and down all over, all over the stage and uh, just sort of running into Tyler. It was a very confined space. Oh, and we painted our faces. Well, me and Josh did. He was just like, uh, he had makeup from Savers. <laughs> and he was just like a getting that shit all on his fingers and just caking it on his face. That was all we could do at that time. We didn't have, like, <laughs> sponges or brushes. I mean, we did, but they worked like shit. And so I did that, and I was going into the bathroom, which I said, I'm going to my dressing room to apply my makeup. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, look at him. He gets his own green room. I'm like, I am the lead singer in another band. <laughs> And I do my face. I do my face up. Give me a sort of a skull. Throw some like a uh, fake blood on there and everything. And five minutes into uh, our set, I have sweated most of it off. 
Yeah, Tyler just ripping those solos on there. Now I know what it's like to have my face melted. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, it's still a fun show. The rapper, I already told you about him. Now, just for the record, they were great. They were great. They're great artists. They're great band. Great people. And they threw in a cover of, uh, oh God, what was the song? It was a Green Day song. Huh. I think it was the... No, it wasn't Welcome to Paradise. It was American Idiot. Okay. Yeah, they covered American Idiot. And uh, me and my spiky jacket punk friend were both singing the lines. <laughs> it was like, yeah, we know. We know the words. Not, not exactly by choice, but we know the words. <laughs> but enough time has passed. We could be open about being Green Day fans. <laughs> I mean, I'm still not, but I don't hate them. Yeah, I don't hate them. <laughs> not anymore. That was just me trying to cool guy everybody. Yeah, Green Day sucks. <laughs> I'm just trying to fit in. But another cover they did at, that they closed with was 99 Red Balloons by Nina. Cool. And that song has been covered to death by quite a few different bands. The most notable would have, would have to be Seven Seconds. They did a, probably the best cover I've heard. I can find a souvenir just to prove the world was here. Goldfinger did a cover of that as well. Oh, yeah, they did. Yes, they did. That was a good one, too. Yep. Yeah, it's a fucking classic song. It's one of those songs that has been uh, covered so much you don't even know who wrote the original <laughs> anymore. But they're a German band called Nina. They did the original. And, yep, now, just for the record, has joined the list of people who have uh, covered it. Anyway, yep, talk about that show. That was one that I sort of forgot. My memory is not serving me very well today. Uh which will lead me into another thing about my album picks. <laughs> but anyway, before that, here's some shows that are coming up. One is coming up tonight that I will uh, be checking out the uh, at least the last part of it after I'm done recording here. Uh, this uh, death metal band from Texas called Combat and this crust band from... Uh, oh, God, where, where are they from? I know where they're from. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you hate when that happens? Yeah, I hate that. Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. <laughs> Where they make the finest pressure cookers. <laughs> oh, God, let me see. I posted it on the SLC Hardcore page. See, even I have to reference that page every once in a while. Well, it's a good thing you put the information there for reference. Yeah. I just need to have it readily available in my fucking notes. <laughs> oh, God. And just because I want to tell people where this fucking band is from. <laughs> They're a crust band, and my phone is moving very slow because being a dick bag. Oh, God, that's not the right. There we go. <sighs> yes, he's about to find it. The look on his face. Hmm. Wild... Is... Yeah, they're called Wild Speaker. And apparently, I don't know where they're from. <laughs> well,. Okay, never mind. That was a fruitless fucking venture. Anyway, <laughs> Combat from Texas, Wildspeaker from, I'm sure I'll find out later tonight, and our own Zodiac Killer, Recidivist, and Primal Impulse. They're all playing down at Wild Pepper Pizza. I uh, don't know why I'm telling you this, but I will be going to that show. I'll be talking about it uh, next week. Awesome. Anyway, as for the shows that are coming up, uh, crazily enough, also tonight is the band uh, I Prevail, Pierce the Veil. Uh, Fit for a King and Stand Atlantic playing at the Complex for 40 bucks, 7 p.m., but two reasons why that doesn't matter anymore. One, because it's happening pretty much right now. Right. And also because that shit sold out. Oh, did it? <laughs> yeah. And my friend, she was like a diehard uh, Pierce the Veil fan, and I saw that that show sold out, and I was texting her. 
hey, did you get your Pierce the Veil ticket? I saw that it just sold out. She's like, I've already cried about it. I know. Oh, <laughs> dude. That sucks. Yeah, so... Sorry. <laughs> Maybe next time. Maybe. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, anyway. On the 3rd, that is tomorrow, the Underdogs of Chaos Tour, the Valicia, Mocosos, Bad Mouth, Power Beer, and Usurpers at Oliver Rock, $10, 6 p.m. And also, I'm getting word from uh, Preston, Power Beer's bass player, that this very well could be one of, if not they, their last show. Oh, wow. Because I was asking them, it's like, it's just so hard to get people to fucking practice at the same time. And, and their singer, it's like, I love him to death, but he just keeps showing up and not really doing much. I'm like, well, that's, uh, that sucks. Yeah, that's no good. That sucks. It's too bad your previous singer, who actually carried this band, uh, is not a good standing with you anymore. <laughs> and I poached him. He's now my bassist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's, uh, it sucks, but uh, whatever. It's going to be a great show. Anyway, on the 4th at the Beehive, Versus Self is going to be playing with Fuckskin, Slate, Portraits, and Hallbrook Drive. That is $10. Starts at 7 p.m. And next week on the 11th, Lorna Shore, the, I guess, death course saviors of the new generation, will be playing with Aborted, Ingested, Angel Maker, and Mental Cruelty at the Complex. That will be $20. Starts at 6 p.m. On the 12th, Mandalore is playing with Tainted Ink, Spent, Sleep Cult at, at Black Lung. That'll be $10 and starts at 7 p.m. And on the 13th, Exhumed, the mighty Exhumed, is going to be coming with Holdra, Vitriol, and Molder at Aces High. And that is going to be a $20 show if you buy in advance, or it's going to be $25 at the door. Cool. Yep, and that'll be fun. And the 15th was supposed to be Dead Boys, but will still be the briefs in Susie Moon, I believe. Isn't it? Uh, or is the whole tour just... Uh, it, the, new, the updated flyer that I saw only went up to shows through the 12th uh, at Seattle. So maybe they're planning on doing more, but that flyer didn't show Salt Lake and it didn't show any shows past the 12th. Well, if in the event that, the, that we get added, it'll be the brief Susie Moon Urban Lounge at the Urban Lounge, $25, 21 plus, uh, we can hope. Right. Yeah, and I think that covers all the shows until the uh, next week, because what is a week from now? The ninth? Yep. Yeah, I even went way past that. Okay, not way past that, but I covered it up up until uh, next weekend. So you got some time to plan, fellas. Excellent. Well, let's get into that uh, brief Halloween track before you get into your great cover-to-cover -cover album, because we got to do some music again. Yeah, we need to get some music, and we're going to start it off with something that is debatably music. <laughs> okay, it's not debatably music. It is music, but here was the thing. Uh, at work a couple days ago, uh, my friend Will, uh, the singer for Skullfuck, he uh, sends me a message. It's the Spotify link to... Integrity, Happy Halloween, Happy Happy Halloween, Relapse Records. I'm like, oh, Dwid, what are you planning now? <laughs> and I open it up and I listen to it. And it is one minute long and I really didn't know what to make of it. I certainly wasn't expecting this. Happy Happy Halloween, Halloween. Happy Halloween, 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 Happy
Yeah, that. <laughs> I was and I messaged Will back like, "What the fuck, man? This is bizarre. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, I guess because I guess that's my only option <laughs> to laugh at it. It is pretty funny. Hey, kids, Halloween's almost here. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that counts as a punk rock Halloween song. I mean, Integrity had a hand in doing it, <laughs> and even the cover of like the. The album cover is a picture of the Integrity logo, but with human eyes behind it. So it looks like it's being worn as a mask. Yep. <laughs> and of course it's orange. <laughs> oh God, do it, you fucking weirdo. I love you. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, I wanted to put this into this specific episode because my great cover to cover album was going to be Integrity's Humanity is the Devil. But come to realize that a year ago, almost to the fucking day, I already talked about this album. Remember what I said about my memory not serving me today? <laughs> yeah, not even the same album. I picked the same fucking songs, too. In the same order. In the same order. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I do not recall. Holy shit, that is uh, concerning. But I solved the issue. I will be talking about Integrity's first album, For Those Who Fear Tomorrow. And... It is kind of a cheat because I did choose this album as a great cover-to-cover -cover album, and I was going to talk about it, but that was two years ago, and you know what happened two years ago? I hit my head and went under for a minute. Indeed. Yep. So I had all these songs uh, chosen for a few episodes out, and I didn't get to talk about them, and it sucks. <laughs> so, But I have gone back and retreaded uh, these albums since I've recovered, right? <laughs> and I got to talk about them in uh, in little in little increments. Because later that year, I did talk about an integrity song that was from this album called "Dawn of a New Apocalypse." Because I really love that song, and it was like I wanted to play that one, but I love these two just a bit more. <laughs> so now I'm gonna finally be able to talk about my love for these two songs and why this is one of the greatest hardcore records of all time. Now, Integrity, they are from Cleveland, Ohio, and they were among the saviors of hardcore in that city. And Cleveland is a rough city. They are home to the. It is home to the. The scariest zip code on the in the u.s where it's like the zip code that has the highest crime rate pretty much oh wow in the united states cleveland has that so yeah that's pretty uh it does that not set the standard <laughs> anyway <clears throat> how i kind of got introduced to uh integrity's earlier stuff was their um excuse me it was their live album palm sunday and it's basically a bootleg 
and it sounds like it. It just sounds so off. It sounds awful. Like, it is just so poorly produced. Everything is just so muddy. And even Dwid doesn't sound correct. <laughs> I mean, we all know his vocals to be that sort of gravelly, lemmy-influenced voice. But he was like, he would say like this. <laughs> just like, singing like he was a witch. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? This is so bizarre. And... Even how he introduced uh, Dawn of a New Apocalypse, he just added this weird little inflection on the end. It's like, this song is called Dawn of a New Apocalypse. <laughs> Did he intend that or is this, I don't know what to make of this fucking album, but <laughs> when they were playing the music, I was like getting, I was getting super into it. And the song that really fucking got me was my first choosing, then this isn't the fucking uh, fucked up bootleg live version. This is the actual song from this record, one of my favorites by far. I've seen them once, they played it, and I went fucking ham. This is Judgment Day! unintentional but that sounded pretty cool <laughs> yeah good timing on that <laughs> yeah oh man it's spilled some i spilled my water bottle a bit not much but okay yeah that's uh that's integrity doing just a fucking classic thrashy kind of hardcore song and if you know their uh 
if you know their catalog as well as I do, you know that that's kind of out of the norm for these guys. <laughs> these guys are a very, they took a very occultish approach in their music. They get to like, they get into some weird shit, man. And lately they've been doing a lot of like black metal crossover stuff. Cool. It's like they are not beholden to just the hardcore genre. They are branching out and just making their own thing. They exist in their own, uh, they exist in their own paradigm. I love it. I'm loving it. And and you heard the stuff that they that Dwid did with uh, Spirit World. Yep. Yep. Fits right in. So Absolutely. you can kind of see where Spirit World's getting their uh, their ideas from. Yeah. <laughs> and the only thing that's uh, different between them and it's integrity, but well, kind of besides sound, is their presentation. You know, they're uh, just a bunch of satanic cowboys, <laughs> <laughs> and it's awesome. I wouldn't have it any other way with Spirit World. They're fucking awesome. Anyway, back to the uh, cultish things. That was this was where I wanted to bring in in contrast of sin. It's like let me just read some uh, the opening lyrics here. Evil lurking around every corner, appearing, adhering in the doubt of a my, my mind's eye. Doubt fills you up inside. Drown emotion and sanity. Never for you or wish you only alone by myself in my search for divinity. Is there no answers? Is there no end? All alone in my doubt, living in contrast of sin. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of the idea of uh, questioning your faith and the morality inside of it and just thinking, what is my personality? <laughs> but it gets a little darker from there. So yeah, and the music definitely doesn't fail on that front. Here is In Contrast of Sin.
gotta know, I gotta believe you wouldn't leave me. In contrast of sin. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And again, it's just sounding more like a... Uh, emulate in that classic hardcore sound because that intro it is damn near identical to the song uh uh take me away by judge it's just got those sort of rolling drums and the build up and then the bass is just doing those little bluesy descending bass scales and the guitar is just sort of ringing out doing a bit of a <laughs> it's like yeah it's pretty damn similar is this like integrity's judge worship and if so, they're doing it well. <laughs> I mean, they do that whole album well. It is fucking awesome. It was, it really just kind of set the uh, uh, the caveat for for their sound. But they have just like been spreading themselves so far into it, and you just gotta love it. It's Dwid's passion project. He's the one who's behind it all. Like they've had a revolving door of members. I've seen their live videos, and I've seen them live before. And I'm like, that is a completely different bassist. <laughs> that is a completely different guitarist. I'm like, holy shit, all right. But it's him. He's the, uh... man, I don't even know who to compare him to. <laughs> He's like his own uh, Alice Cooper. Nice. <laughs> but Integrity, got nothing but good things to say about those guys, other than I wish they would play here more. <laughs> I saw them here a few years ago. I think it was in a... Yeah, it was in 2018. They came with uh, Toke and Funeral Chic. And that was my discovery of those guys as well. So, thank you. Nice. Yeah, Funeral Chic is awesome. I wish they would come back. I wish all, f all three of those bands would come back. Jesus Christ. <laughs> start, can we start touring again? Funeral Chic, you got an album out. <laughs> when are you going to start doing a promotional tour for that? Hmm? Maybe you're waiting for spring. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that album is awesome. And Humanity is the Devil is awesome. And I'd pretty much just be uh, saying the same shit about that album as I would this one. I don't know. I can't remember what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Go back and listen to that episode. It was October of last year. Yeah. Yeah, October of last year. Pretty sure I told the story of how uh, the band I was in, Northlander, wanted to cover Hollow. And... We wanted to, but we only had one guitarist, and it would apparently sound weird if in the end, if during the end of the song where it's like we're holding down the main riff while the guitar is just soloing away, it was like, well, it would be pretty stupid if we just did one instead of both of them at the same time. I go, that is a stupid reason, but okay. <laughs> I learned this song for nothing. <laughs> Not really. I know it on both guitar and bass now. So thank you, James. Nice. <laughs> so there we go. I got to talk about Humanity Devil a little bit. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I went a completely different direction. Uh, I changed my album pick today because uh, I'd been meaning to do this uh, album, just new pick. Susie Moon put out Dumb and in Love, which is her debut LP. I think she has two previous EPs. But her debut LP... Came out September 23rd. Pirates Press sent it over. I checked it out just briefly. I was like, cool, i got to get this on. I'll play a new track. Which one am I going to pick? And today I was just listening to it. I went through it probably twice. Just like, I don't know what to pick. I really like them. There's so many cool tracks on there. So I moved it to my great cover-to-cover -cover album. I think you should check it out. Susie's originally from L.A. 
I think she moved somewhere back east, like Philadelphia or something like that, recently. Uh, she was in groups Civet and Turbulent Hearts. Uh, so been in some cool bands previously, but been doing her own thing solo in the last couple years. All of her releases are on Pirates Press, awesome label there. They're always putting out cool stuff. Uh, I recommend checking them out. I know she has at least one video, maybe two videos for her stuff on this particular album. Uh, it's much more poppy sounding than where we have been earlier on this episode, including what Eric was just playing. So like I said, we're taking a different turn. Uh, let's get into one of the tracks off of Dumb and in Love. It's called Any Other Way. I knew it right from the start. You were no face in the crowd. Yeah, we're so damn different. But we're from the same cloud. Don't know how you found me, baby. It's insane. But I just can't. Susie's voice. I hope that she's coming here to Salt Lake uh, with the briefs, but unsure at this time. It's looking like maybe no. Uh, you should go check her out, though, at one of those shows if you're there on the East Coast. Uh, hopefully you had a chance to go see one of those shows, but if not, uh, better see her the next time. Now if you're here on the West Coast at any of those places, you should definitely go check out that show with the briefs. She's great. The briefs are great. Uh, we got one more track here, and I figured why not pick the title track? The title track's cool. Dumb End in Love is the name of it. Let's do one more from Susie Moon.
Quite an ending there, repeating that as many times and as fast as she was doing it. Yeah, she was. <laughs> it's now awesome. You know, I got to say, it just sounds like uh, the vocals anyway sound like uh, uh, one, of the, one of the singers from Bad Cop, Bad Cop. Okay. And, and yeah, so it was kind of the same thing, only the music is a bit more aggressive, much like how Civet was. Right. Yeah. And honestly, I forgot about Civet. Yeah. Um, I remember they were like pretty, well, not exactly big, but noticeable in, uh, fuck, 2009. Like, I remember they had that single that came out on, uh, I think, a Warp Tour comp called Hell Hath No Fury. Awesome. It was a good one. It was like a biker punk song. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Susie Moon's album, her debut LP, is awesome. Go find it on Pirates Press. Go check it out and go check her out at one of her shows here out on the West Coast here in the next week or so. Uh, about a week and a half. Eric, we got to wrap up the show. What do you got for us on this episode? Okay, well, it's a big kind of a theme of retreading here. However, I did this intentionally. See, this time around last year, again, we played a song by Bing Crosby called The Headless Horseman. And, yes, Bing Crosby, he is a, uh, you know, he's an adult contemporary singer. He's just got that soothing uh, voice. Mm -hmm. But he is more known for his, uh, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Yeah. And although department stores would say otherwise, it is not Christmas time. We are not playing one of Bing Crosby's smash Christmas hits. Yeah, no shit. It ain't fucking Christmas yet, people. We ain't playing any Christmas tracks until Thanksgiving. That'd yeah. be the soonest. We haven't even had the bird holiday. <laughs> You're right. It's like, come on, as soon as Black fucking Friday hits, then you can start doing the Christmas thing. Because that's the real celebration, right? <laughs> Commercialism. Right. Fucking Christ, whatever. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to get into the heated Christmas debate because I will go on and on and on and on. And we're talking about Big Crosby here and his song, <laughs> The Headless Horseman. We uh, played it last year. However, it was the version that was, uh, it was a different one. It was recorded on a uh, live release that he did. And while very similar, like uh, pretty much down to the bone, yeah, I meant that as I meant it. <laughs> <laughs> it was not the track that I was like... Uh, uh, that I had intended to play. I didn't know that there existed other recordings, but there you go. Color me, color me <laughs> fucking surprised. <laughs> the song that I was uh, intent on choosing was the song, uh, was the recording that he, that there was for the movie, the short Disney feature, Sleepy Hollow. And it was, uh, it was released on a, uh, I remember it was released on VHS in, uh, with another short, which was The Wind in the Willows. And it was just titled Ichabod and Mr. Toad. And I grew up watching those two, those two, and I really took to the Legend of Sleepy Hollow story. And everyone knows the Legend of Sleepy Hollow. You know, the schoolmaster comes in on a new town and tries to make nice with the uh, rich daughter of this uh, rich farm owner just, like, to try and get in on some of that wealth because he's nothing but a poor school teacher. And, of course, a rivalry breaks out with the uh, other guy trying to, the Brom Bones character, trying to get in on, on the action as well, but right. not for the money because he's like, hey, chick is hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a, great, it's a great little short. I love, I love how it's uh, shot. I love how atmospheric it is. And I just love the build-up to the, when the Headless Horseman does, does show up. It is fucking great. And talking about the build-up, 
there is a buildup in, uh, in the song he sings, The Headless Horseman. It's basically just him going through the folklore and just uh, kind of telling him that he lives in the hollow and every night on Halloween, anyone who is unlucky enough to, to cross paths with him, it means your head because <laughs> he's looking for a new head. And, and Bing Crosby, he has a whole role in that short. He is teaching the, he is the narrator, and he also does the uh, voice of Brom Bones. Well, the singing voice, because the character Brom Bones, he's like trying to scare the shit out of Ichabod, who is incredibly superstitious. And yeah, just to sort of like get back at him for always uh, stepping in every time he's trying to take uh, Katrina's hand. <laughs> Again, you got to watch this short. It's, it's really funny. But, this, <clears throat> so yeah, he's telling the story of the Headless Horseman through singing. And it goes a little something like this. Gather round and I'll elucidate on what goes on outside when it gets late. Long about midnight, the ghosts and banshees, they get together for their nightly jamboree. There's things with horns and saucer eyes, some with fangs about this size. Some are fat and some are thin. And some don't even wear their skin. Oh, I'm telling you, brother, it's a frightful sight to see what goes on Halloween night. When spooks are having a jamboree, they break it up with English glee. Ghosts are bad, but the one that's cursed is the headless horseman. He's the worst. That's why he's a man on Halloween night. But when he goes a jogging across the land, holding a noggin in his hand, demons take one look and groan in the hip. Road Beware, take care, he rides along. And there's no spook like spook and spurn. They don't like him and he's really burnt. He swears to the longest day he's dead. He'll show them that he can get ahead. They say he's tired of his flaming top. He's got a yen to make a swap. So he rides one night each Find a head in the hollow here. Now he likes them little, he likes them big. Or in the middle, or awake. Black or white, or even red. The headless horseman needs a head with a hip, hip, hip and a clippity clap. He's out looking for a cotton chop. So don't stop to figure out a plan. You can't reason with a headless man. Now, if you doubt this tale is so, I met that spook just a year ago. Now, I didn't stop for a second look, but made for the bridge that spans the brook. But once you cross that bridge, my friend, so when you're riding home tonight, make for the bridge with all your might. He'll be down in the hollow there. Your head, look out, beware! With a hip, hip, and a hippity clap. 
So yeah, that one is uh, in comparison to the one we played last year. That one is a bit more brooding, is a little slower, and really building up the atmosphere. Just sort of like you're walking through the hollow, just looking at every, looking at everything that moves, every sound that makes you jump, and that's precisely what happens to Ichabod when he is a uh, uh, riding home on his downtrodden horse. <laughs> anyway, he's a. Whereas this one, it's a lot more jumpy. You can tell it's in a you can tell it's in a Disney movie, right? Yeah, but this is when Disney actually had style. This is before they fucking owned everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was back in like the the '40s. I think this is when they did this short, and that's when Bing Crosby was like fucking huge. <laughs> so it made sense to sort of have in bring in the star power, but right? they shelved that because of the uh, it was the. F- it was like the 40s and uh, the war was going on, so a lot of things were kind of put on hold. And they didn't really have much of a chance to uh, release this properly. But they were doing like a lot of shorts. They didn't have a, the budget to do like full-length movies, at least not to the extent that they had been. Anyway, that's a, dif- that's a different story. It doesn't have anything to do with... <laughs> Uh, the episode too much is just another little, uh, just another little bout of trivia. <laughs> that's how that's how to really send it off this hollow day season. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Bing Crosby, headless horseman. He'll be down in the hollow there. He wants your head. Look out, beware. Make for the bridge with all your might. <laughs> <laughs> Once you cross that bridge, my friend, the ghost is spooked. His power ends. <laughs> yeah, just a great everything on that. I love it. Yeah, that Headless Horseman, it scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Just like what he just, just like hearing his laugh in the, in the hollow somewhere is just so echoey. And then, it, then Ichabod turns around and boom, there he is. Horse on its hind legs, kicking its hooves. He just sticks up, sword in one hand, jack-o'-lantern in the other. And there's the Headless Man. He's like, and he's just like a swinging and a swonging his uh, sword right at Ichabod. It's like he doesn't go in to stab him. He's just swinging. He's like, I'm getting your fucking head, man. <laughs> so yeah, I've uh, gushed and gushed about that long enough. You got more new metal for us, do you, Dustin? I do. Deftones, uh, we're going to wrap up the show. Deftones, uh, awesome band. One of the first bands I ever saw live, and it was right after this album came out, Adrenaline, in 1995. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Deftones, they started as a band in... Uh, 88, and I think they put out like a self-titled thing that I hadn't heard of. This was like the introduction for myself, and they opened up for 311. Funny enough, <laughs> wow! That, that 311 when, was that was a band that long ago. Yes, the, 311 had just released their third album at this point. Jesus, and the okay. first three m- made them fitting for a band like Deftones to tour with. Anything pretty much after that three. They are on the Let's Get High festivals and those kind of things. Yeah, they're like the kind of music. I've always seen them as like the, uh, oh, God, the emblem for white guy reggae. (laughs) Well, I do have a song off of one of their first albums that I'll play on an upcoming episode. This one, though, Deftones, Adrenaline. Man, I loved that, that band. I saw them a bunch of times in those 
preceding years or, per, you know, not preceding, but uh, years coming after uh, that show I saw in 95. Adrenaline was awesome. It sold a lot of copies. If you haven't heard it and you like this style of music, you should definitely check it out. We're going to play a track on it called Engine Number 9. Deftones are so good. They are. You can't go wrong with Adrenaline, by the way. And uh, Around the Fur, White Pony, and even the self-titled were, were all good. Uh, again, with a lot of music 
in that new metal type genre. Uh, I, I just kind of fell off the wayside, you know, by about those times. So that's why I didn't, you know, whatever came after, I know it came after, but they started getting softer as bands like Seven Dust, you know, their first few albums, Seven Dust, first few albums, uh, Deftones, and there's several others. I mean, 311's a good mm -hmm. example. Their, their sound's changed, and it's totally all right. The bands can make whatever music you want, but... You know, if you acquire fans for one thing and you can't be shocked, dismayed or whatever when not all of the fans are going to transition into liking what you're doing when you completely change yeah. what you're doing. <laughs> True. Though Deftones transition is like, uh, yeah, you listen to this one and compare it to... Yeah, you listen to Adrenaline or Around the Fern, you compare it to like Saturday Night Wrist or Koyo Khan. And it's like night and fucking day. Right. But it's like, how did they get here? Well, you can actually feel the progression sure. into that sound throughout their albums. It was like after the self-titled yep. one, that was when they were like really getting to this ambient body music, the sort of wavy type shit. Yep. And, and Chino Marino's uh, side projects, uh, I remember specifically Team Sleep, is really going into that style a lot more. And also Crosses, it's... Doing a bit more of the uh, uh, dark wave stuff, I suppose you could. I suppose that would be the closest resemblance. It's still cool. its own thing, but it is darker. Awesome. Team Sleep is definitely more like indie. And then, yeah, that's just how uh, Deftones is rolling. They're just not beholden to one fucking uh, sound. Right. Though Adrenaline is probably them at their most raw, their most aggressive, and right. just like boom. And around the fur, that was the album that really cemented them. Yeah. Because I listen to that one. That's the only Deftones uh, CD that I owned. I think I still have it somewhere in a box. But <laughs> yeah, but I listened to that one. And specifically, it was uh, my best friend. This uh, Deftones is like one of her favorite bands. And this band I was in, I was like, hey, let's do something nice for her for her birthday. Let's uh, cover Deftones' My Own Summer. Because I know that the guitarist knew how to play that song. And he was like, oh, I'm down. Okay. And we covered My Own Summer. And we didn't tell her about it. We're like, hey, this one goes out to you. And then, And she's like, oh, my God. She loved it. So, yeah, Deftones, I have only seen them once. And that was when they were opening up for Rise Against with Thrice when they were uh, uh, when they were on tour for the uh, their Wolves album Rise Against. Anyway, I don't know what Deftones was doing. I think they had released Gore at that point, the album with all the fucking flamingos on it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I haven't listened to much of their uh, later catalog. I just listened to most of their uh, first three albums. Um, but one, one cool thing, uh, Josh from Apathetics, he was telling me that he saw Deftones way back in the 90s, like on their Around the Fur tour, and he saw them play at Classic Skating. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, damn. And they were playing with Snapcase. I'm like, dude, oh, what a time to be alive. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh, man. And he, um, and he met and hung out with their bassist, uh, Chi Chang, R.I.P., and he had, like, a great conversation with him. He was talking with him for, like, 30 minutes. Cool. I'm like, dude, that is uh, now held at utmost value right now. Right. <laughs> oh, man, that just, it sucks on so many levels. But still, it was cool. <laughs> 
Awesome. Well, we're wrapping up the show. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Music, Amazon, Music Player, FM, and SLCPunkCast.com. You can find all the bands over on Instagram at the one two minis. Those are the number one and number two minis. At the blokes underscore Roma. At the roadblocks. At orthodox TN. At Amigo the Devil, at Integrity Official, at The Suzy Moon, at Deftones, and the shows at SLS Punkcast. Eric, where, where can we find you? Uh, where can I find me? Yeah. <laughs> where can I find my social list? I almost just gave you guys my fucking work email. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, my, uh, this, these are my uh, passion emails. <laughs> well, not even emails, but you can find me on Instagram, my personal Instagram at scaryuncle underscore Eric, E-R-I-C underscore S-L-C. My bands can be found on Instagram at anonymous underscore band official and at theapathetics.slc. You can find both of them on Facebook as well at anonymous S-L-C and at theapathetics. And be sure to check us out on Bandcamp anonymousslc.bandcamp.com and theapathetics.bandcamp.com new shit be coming man new shit is there <laughs> to find out what's what fucking I just told you <laughs> go look for it uh, you can listen you can find my other podcast on Instagram uh, that's lead melodies at lead melodies underscore podcast on Facebook at lead.melodies.podcast.slc and you can stream the three episodes I have thus far on anchor.fm slash leadmelodies or on Spotify. And you can follow the SLC Hardcore page on Facebook at SLC Hardcore, all one word. And yep, that's what I got. Excellent. The bands are found on Facebook at One Too Many's, at Roadblocks Punk Rock, at Orthodox TN, at Agitators Street Punk, at Amigo the Devil, at Integrity.ht. At Susie Moon, at Deftones, and at SLC Punkcast. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for episode 288. Thank you for sticking around all the way up to this point. Eric, any final thoughts for a wrap-up show? Well, as I was uh, just saying a few minutes ago, like, uh, oh, what a time to be alive. I'm like, yeah, I do get jealous hearing all the old guard talk about the bands and that they have seen and the places that you wouldn't have expected them and how wild the shows had gotten. I'm like, yeah, that would have been fucking awesome, but you got to make sure that you're making the history right now. Opportunities you know, are there. Back, yeah, 20 years from now, I'm going to be talking about how we got, our, we got the plug pulled on one of our shows at South Jordan playing a parking lot show. <laughs> I'm going to be talking, and people are going to be like, oh, shit, that happened? Oh, yeah. I'll be talking about how we managed to get on the bill and played with Goat Whore. It's like, Goat Whore, damn, I haven't heard of those guys in... 10 years it's gonna be like that so it's like if you want to uh, be able to have your bragging rights wait a while because <laughs> we're still young we st- we don't have much uh, bragging rights i mean i kind of do i saw gate creeper play in a practice space the first time they came to salt lake that's awesome and now they're signed to relapse records and they're making the big tours out there they are one of the most renowned death metal bands of the generation so that's one of my bragging rights but that is the point so all you youngins out there, you're making the history right now. Just keep at it. And one of these days when you're just going to be an old person just sitting in a little armchair and the little young leads just sitting around in a circle, tell us more. Tell us more of how Salt Lake was, a, was the caveat for hardcore in, in the 2010s and the <laughs> 2020s. All right. Crack open a futuristic beer. 
<laughs> that just keeps refilling automatically and be like, this is going to be a long one. <laughs> and we'll have our bragging rights saying, ah, SLC Punkcast. That is a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> one day we will get to that point. <laughs> Play the fucking outro. Outro.